When Chad asked me to um, bring this message in talking about generosity, yes, I am going to talk about money today. All right? Let's just get it out on the table. All right? Yes, I am. But I hope that I'm going to come at it in in an aspect of from the Word of God that mindsets will change, that you will see the truth and the truth will set you free. That's my prayer. The big idea is this. Are you building up treasure here on earth? Are you storing up treasure in heaven? That's the question. So, what's your mindset on money? Is it the great American dream? The big house? Cars? There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing. If God's blessed you and you can have them, do it. But just don't go in debt over your head with them. The aspect of what's the mindset is it all about as a believer you've accepted. And this message is to believers today. All right? You've given your life to Jesus Christ. And I listened to a message not too long ago, and in the Crusades, they said that some of these guys, when they were baptized, the thing that they would do is they bring their swords and they were baptized. The one thing that wouldn't go down in the water is the sword. The sword stayed out. Why? They weren't going to give that. They were still going to fight. They were still going to go after and kill whomever they had to kill. The thing about it, is when you were baptized and you identified with Jesus Christ, did your wallet and did your bank account go to? Did it go under the water? Did it go under the blood of Jesus Christ? That is the aspect that I'm talking about today. Why? Is the motivation that I'm doing this because I'm the executive pastor, I'm over the business of the church, and we need more money? No. No. It's not my motivation. My motivation for this and what God says is set my people free with the truth. Set them free. Because when he said the parables and he said, I sow seed and there is some, that what happens, the weeds and all the stuff with the world, what does it do? It chokes out. Right? It chokes out the fruit that should be born out of us. So, when Chad asked me um, to preach, immediately I will ask the Lord, what? What what do you want me to say? And immediately, within seconds, he gave me this passage, and we're going to go there first. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Don't store up treasures here on where moths eat them, rust destroys them, and thieves break in and steal. But store your treasure in where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and where your There the desires of your. So where I sow gets where my heart follows. If I'm all in here, 
little Clemson lingo, lingo there. You get that? If I'm all in. If I'm all in here, where's my heart? If it's all about this, if it's all about treasures here, it's all about what I get. The man with the most toys wins. If it's all about that, isn't it interesting that when we store up so many things here, we have to do so many things to protect it? We have to protect from moths. We have to protect, if you've got so much money tied up in the house, how many things do you have to protect them? How many things are we paying for? I've got a fire alarm, and it calls so-and-so immediately. I don't have to do it. I have to have a burglar alarm with ADP or whoever, and it calls them. I have an 85-pound German shepherd. Come knock on my door. He'll talk to you. We have to have guns to protect our houses, right? To protect everything, to protect the people in there, to protect my stuff. I need all this insurance for this and that and this. Do we have to have it? I'm not knocking it, okay? I'm not not beating anybody up with it. I'm not, because I have it too, okay? God says, store up your treasures where? Why? Why? Because why? What doesn't eat them? I'd like to see a thief break in and steal from God. I want to see that. Wouldn't that be interesting? It's not going to (laughs) happen. He says, store up here mindset. What am I thinking? I'm here on earth. And when I was in a... um, a group at Southside Christian School where I graduated from, I was in a group called the Singing Sabers. And we would sing and travel. And um, yes, and I cannot sing anymore. It is gone <laughs> for now. But I used to sing, and we used to sing this song, This World is Not My Home, I'm Just a, uh, Passing Through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The heavens um, beckon me from you know, the... The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If it's heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I can't. This is not my home I'm not a citizen here. Yes, I am. Literally, we are. I know. But as a believer, you're not. You're a citizen of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So where are you sowing up your treasure? You say, well, what are you talking about? How do I do this? We'll talk about it. Next thing in Luke 16, 1 through 14 Jesus tells a parable, and he uses a negative example to teach a very positive, good truth. And here's what he says. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him, and he asked him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, 
what shall I do now? My master's taking away my job. I'm fired. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I'm not, as, I'm not strong enough to go out and work the fields anymore. I, I can't do it. I don't have the hands like these to play on a computer. And, you know, I've been pushing a pencil too long. I can't go out there. This back's not going to be able to take it. I don't want to be out in that sun and that heat. This body's not used to that. Okay, and I am too proud to stand on the corner of the marketplace and beg, help me, help me, help me. So he says, I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their homes. So he called each one of his master's debtors and he asked the first, how much do you owe my masters? Isn't that interesting? The accountant's asking the guy how much you owe. Problem number one. 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down, and make it 450. Who just lost there? Who? The manager, the owner, right? He's getting, and this guy's getting fired anyway. He already knows he's fired. He asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. And he told him, take your bill and make it 800. What does the master say? You idiot. Does he say that? What's it say? The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. Here we go. Who's speaking this now? Who's telling this parable? Jesus. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the... Did Jesus take a swipe at his own kids? Did he? Yes, he did. He said, wait a minute. The people of this world and what this guy did that lives in this earth... And he's fired. He's fired. He said, wait a minute. Here, here's what I'll do. I will think beyond right now. So I'm going to give these guys that owe my master all this. I'm going to cut their bills and give them a huge break because I'm fired anyway. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm fired. I can't dig. I'm not going to beg because I'm too proud. So I am going to do the next thing. These guys owe. I'm going to cut their bills. They're really going to like me now. So guess what? When I need a place to stay, when I need food, when I need things, guess where I'm going? Guess where I'm going? I'm going to their house. Say, help me. Okay. Here's Jesus talking. I tell you, use what? Worldly wealth to do what? Gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into... What's he saying? I was like, dear Lord, what are you saying? You're using this example in this guy. He says, folks... He says, children of mine, listen, use this earthly stuff 
to gain friends. Friends in this world that you can bring to Christ and expand the kingdom. Invest it. Why? So when they come, guess who you get to rub shoulders with for eternity? Friends. You get to hang out with them in their house that Jesus made for them. And you had a part because you used earthly wealth to do what? You invested, right? Now, how long do you and I have here on earth? Let's say 100 years, okay? I'm being liberal with my number there. You have 100 years to invest here. Guess if you invest from here to here, guess how long you get to reap? Eternally. I think that is a pretty good dividend payback for what's done here, don't you think? Yeah. So he says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling what? Who will trust you with true riches? Did he just spank us again? Yeah. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Who's telling you what to do? Who's telling you what to do? Is your money telling you what to do, or are you telling it what to do? Are you telling it where to go? Or is it telling you, sorry, you got to go back, you got to work more hours? Guess what? Because you got to afford this, 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 this. And when the call of God comes on you to give and to be generous, do you have the ability to say yes or do you have to say no every time? The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were what at Jesus? This message isn't popular, I know. I know. <laughs> it's not popular. But I will tell you, it's, it'll set you free. Is there anyone here that's over 20 that lives on their own and is debt-free? I mean, no mortgage, no house, nothing. You have no debt. You have zero. Zip zero. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. You have zero debt. Good. Good. You're a good example. Be set free. So a mindset has to change, right? What is my mindset? Is it all? I'm just waiting for the finish line to happen so I can get there. Guess what? You affect there by how you live here. You do. 
How you live and how you invest here affects there. So what is my my motivation for investing? Do I look at God as a slot machine that I plug in a few coins and then hopefully if I pull the trigger just right, all of a sudden he's going to pour it out for me to use it wherever I want to do it for me? He goes, yes, what that way doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't. That's why you don't get your prayers answered, he says, because you want to waste it upon yourself says many times you have to look beyond. Wendy preached a message here on this stage and said we have to think higher. Our mindset can't just be here. It's got to be here. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Remember this, who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows what? Will reap Each of you should give what you have decided in your, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves what? So, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. (laughs) Who does the blessing? And he says, I, I will provide you all things at all times that will meet your need so that you can abound in every good work. So if I sow a little bit. So he's using, again, this agricultural idea. I have seeds. I have soil. I've tilled it, gotten it ready. Are you in this soil saying, I'll plant this seed here, I'll go another four feet, plant this seed, go another four feet, plant this seed. And he says, what are you going to expect with that kind of sowing? What do you expect? You hope every four feet a plant comes up, right? And you can reap from that. But if I'm sowing, plunk, 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 seeds going down, what should I expect? A harvest. Why? I was much more generous in planting the seeds, right? So guess what? What are we doing with what God has entrusted us that we gave to him when we said, you're my Lord and my master? What are we giving and how are we sowing? Are we sowing generously or are we sowing sparingly? And there is this sowing and reaping principle with this that you will live and that will affect you rest of your life. Now, a motivation. How should I give? My motivation should be, I should be able to sow, I should be deciding in my heart to give. Not what? What did the, uh, that verse say? Not reluctantly. Oh, no. Here they go again asking for money. Can you just get over it, Please. Reluctantly. Great attitude, right? (laughs) God says, guess what? I gave it all to you. It's all yours. The 100% is mine. I've asked for a portion of it to be given back to me. Put me first. But it's all mine. Give generously. As he asks you to give. 
not reluctantly. (sighs) But not under, okay, how'd you like this? Adam gets up, he's taking the offering. We take it. We take it back. We count it. Guys, we came up short for this week. Come back, ushers. We're doing it again. Okay, here we go. Going to do it again. You didn't pony up enough. You're not going out those doors until you pony up. You'd love that, wouldn't you? You all would be in a hurry to get back here next week. You couldn't wait, right? No. He says, don't give reluctantly and don't give under these big pressure from people up front. They're just trying to get it. No. Spend time with him and say, decide in your heart what I need to give. And then, I'll wait on that thought. I'll come back to it. Another motivation is found in Proverbs 3, verse 9. Let's look there. Honor the Lord with your what? And with what part? The best part. So, again, many times the agricultural idea is what I harvest, I give him the first part, right? The best. I don't give him the leftovers. I give him the best. I grew up in a home, Christian home, that um, my father took this to heart and I knew it that the first check he ever wrote when he got paid was a tithe to the church. And he would always stick it on top of his dresser underneath this car-type bank, and it sat there until Sunday for him to take it and put it in an envelope and to give. I could predict it. He was faithful, and it was always there. He was honoring God with the very first check from money that came in that he had earned. And he lived it and practiced it for me living in the Woodard home. God says, honor me. Honor me. So with what I give and I give, I give to you, O Lord, because of what you have given to me. You honor him. 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18, another aspect of motivation. What's the very first word there? What is it? You got real quiet. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be what? Nor to put their hope in, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in who richly provides us with everything for our what? He wants us to enjoy things. Oh, no, I'm living for God. Oh, look. I mean, I lived my, I was, in the past, I hate to admit this, but there was great pride in how nasty your car was, how trashy your clothes were, because you just set out, oh, I'm living and I'm sacrificing for God. That's ridiculous. What does he say? Command them to be, to do what? To be rich in what? To be generous in what? What did they do when Pentecost hit in Acts 2? They shared everything, didn't they? 
When God gets a hold of your heart, he gets a hold of everything. And he wants this. That's why he doesn't care so much. He says, guess what? Guess what follows where you're sowing? Very first verse. Your heart follows it. Command them. So, God says it. I didn't. He commands you as rich. And if you compare yourself in the United States of America to the vast majority of this world, you are by far richer than anyone. Go to Haiti. Go to India. Go to Africa. Go to some of these places. And you will come back and you will say, my goodness. I am rich. Look at what I have. Who am I to ever question and compare what I have to the Joneses down? I'm sorry if your name's the Joneses. (laughs) Down the street. Who am I? Another motivation we'll find in Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. To be what? If you do, you will have no reward where? In heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward So when you give to the needy, do not announce it, right? (laughs) I said this at first, and it was one of those things that just hit me. Do you remember the Seinfeld where Kramer pays for pizza, pays for pizza, and he's wearing cargo shorts, right? Or pants? And it's full of change. And you hear him coming. Ching, ching, ching. (laughs) And he comes in there. All right, pay for the pizza. You whips that leg up on there and starts pulling it out. He made a scene, didn't he? How would you like to do that? And we have somebody come in here and they're going to give their offering. And they're wearing cargo pants full of the offering. Full of change, full of dollar bills, all of that stuff. Now, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Would you please hold the offering basket for me? And they do it for show. Where is the reward? According to this verse, where is the reward for that kind of action? They just got it. It's right there. Woohoo! Good for you. Look at you. It's over. You just got it. You got your reward right where you wanted it, right here on earth. Did you reap anything here? Zip. Zero. Nada. Nothing. Here's one that I didn't share in first that the Holy Spirit gave me this morning. Here's another motivation for investing. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, not to receive judgment for sin. That's already under the blood. But we are going to stand before Jesus Christ at the Bema seat, which is the idea of the Olympics. They have judges, and judges give gifts, right? Awards for how well the competitors competed. 
we're going to stand before him and we will get rewarded for how we have been investing, how we've been running this race here, will be rewarded here. And the neat thing about it, these crowns and all that we get, you know what we're going to do with them? We're just going to throw them right back at his feet. Why? Because he gave us the ability. He gave us the award. He gave us everything to do to give it back. So it does wake me up a little bit to say, guess what? I get to stand before my Lord and my Savior, and I will be giving an account. Not for every, all my sin is under the blood of Jesus Christ. It's gone. But I will stand accountable before my Heavenly Father who makes me a steward of His goodness and of His earthly riches here. And how am I doing stewarding it? Now, not only does He care about your motivation, but He also cares about your mood. What? Yeah, He cares about your mood. Now, I've already kind of given it away with that verse. I'm not supposed to give what? I'm not supposed to give what? Reluctantly? (gasps) Again? I'm not supposed to give that way, right? And I'm not supposed to be giving under what? Pressure. Guilt. All that pressure. I'm not supposed to be responding that way. What kind of giver does he want? Cheerful. Yes. Dear God, thank you. I get the privilege to give in this offering. Thank you. It's because of you that I get to do it. Wouldn't it be cool here? Just a little tidbit here for some people to take it when it comes time for offering time that all of a sudden we have some that just get on their feet and say, yes, we get the opportunity. I think there'd be people, visitors like, what just happened? (laughs) Wouldn't it? God wants what? A cheerful giver. Giving from the heart. How do I pursue this earthly treasure? I mean, not earthly, but heavenly treasure. How do I pursue it? It's pretty easy, earthly. The world gives you all kinds of opportunity, but heavenly treasure, how do I pursue it? Here's what I need to do. 1 John 3, 16, 17, and 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to do what? Lay down our lives for what? Our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister need but has no pity in them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. How am I supposed to love How are you supposed to love? I need a heart that is open and tender to the touch of God. I need eyes that can see and are willing to see needs of his own children. And I need hands that are open and willing to give. Heart that is open Eyes that see the needs and hands that aren't tight-fisted. 
open and willing, whatever it is. In conclusion, so how do we respond? Number one, repent from seeking earthly treasure. Turn from the earthly treasure and turn to God and worship him and invest. Repent is change the way you think. Number two, reorientate back to living out the gospel that we just read in 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Reorientate your life to living out the gospel. Rearrange your priorities. Simplify for the kingdom of God here on earth. Build generosity into your budget. Start budgeting for giving and start looking to give to others and those in need. Number two, sell and give away stuff. Clean out that closet, that garage, that storage unit. Sell it. Give the proceeds away to a hurting family or a mission project God calls you to. Give time away to a local ministry. Host an orphan for the summer or around Christmas time. Become a foster parent. Adopt an orphan. Help a widow or a homebound couple. Visit them. Help them with house maintenance or yard work. And lastly, think twice. Instead of accepting that next promotion based on money, Think about whether your job will allow you to invest in others if you take it. As I close in prayer, I'm just going to ask that I'm going to close this in prayer and I'm going to ask our prayer servants to come to the front. I don't know. The Holy Spirit may have touched you on something different. You may need to come and say, I need to repent and I need to ask that You pray for me in regard to this. Here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to pray, and then I'll dismiss you. Don't forget the missionaries that will be in the back to give and to love on them. But I also ask that you um, just come forward and ask a prayer servant to pray for you, okay? Let's pray. Dear Lord, our Master and our Savior, we give it all to you. Because you, dear Jesus, gave all for us. And I pray that we will have hearts that are open to you and whatever you want and desire. That we will have eyes to see the needs that are, that are great. And that we will obey what you are asking us and seeing what you're asking us to see. I just ask that our hands will be wide open to give as you want us to give. In your precious and holy name, amen.